week on Kettle of Fish, comedian Jimmy Dore stops by to talk about being sentenced to live. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Master Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debate, hate, or argument allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. All righty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 20-minute comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. Um, I guess Fern had to check out. She wasn't feeling well. She tied one on last night. We've got Dee here, and I think Jason is still with us from Narcoleptic Youth, right, Jay? Yes. Fair enough. All right, let's get Jimmy in here because I definitely want to talk about his new special, Sentence to Live. Jimmy Dore, thank you so much for calling in. I know it's probably a pain in the ass for you today, so I do appreciate it. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good to to be back with you. What's shaking? I do have a new special out. It's called uh, Sentence to Live. It's it's on Hulu. Uh, At first, I thought it was on Zulu, and, uh, you know, they never call. The point is, uh, Hulu is the new thing, and I'm on it, and uh, so go watch it. There you go. Hello? Nice. Yeah, awesome. you know. It's called Sentence to Live. And uh, my last special was Citizen Jimmy, which was on Comedy Central. That's the old media. And uh, yeah. that one was that one was chosen best of the year by iTunes and Punchline Magazine. So that's, and the reason I tell you that is because it turns out if I don't, nobody will. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, we appreciate it. Um, I want to thank you for calling in. I love the new special. Let me tell you what I love most about the new special. You found that perfect sweet spot, that perfect balance between wax and political and dick jokes. Is it hard uh-huh. for you not to just fucking do politics the whole time because you're so passionate about what's going on in this country? Is it hard for you to mix in other types of humor? Uh, no, not at all. I'm uh, a multi, uh, multi-dimensional human being. I uh, I have a dog. I have a wife. I have lots of other food, other things that fill up my life besides politics and news, but that's uh, certainly a big part. So, yeah, yeah, there's other parts. Of my, that's what I liked about George Carlin. You'd watch him do an hour, and, uh, you know, 20 minutes would be about topical news stuff, and another 20 minutes would be wordplay, and the other 20 minutes would be dick jokes. So yeah. that one was a big influence on you? I guess George Carlin had to be a huge influence on your comedy, right? Yes, uh, George Carlin, who, by the way, I think was the first host of Saturday Night Live, um, and uh, now Saturday Night Live, it's so sad. They had on Donald Trump this last Saturday. And, you know, yeah. I thought, but so satisfying to see a blatant racist and a vicious misogynist get a friendly, gentle, good-natured ribbing he deserves on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Absolutely. Let, let me ask yeah, you this, Jimmy. The, 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 early days, the early days of SNL were heavily influenced by National Lampoon, but the current era is more in the vein of the National Review. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And that's the sad thing that's happened with our media. And, you know, you rile a lot against the media, and rightfully so. And you don't pull any punches, and not just with Fox News, but I see you all the time on the Jimmy Dore show on your podcast talking about um, MSNBC as well. So it's not like you're being biased. I mean, you really point out the hypocrisy everywhere, right? Well, I'm trying to point out to people that don't make any mistake. MSNBC is neither liberal nor progressive. 
it's owned by a huge multinational corporation that's hot in favor of the TPP deal, and they're so much in favor of it that they fired Ed Schultz because he was against it a little too loudly, just like they fired Phil Donahue when he was against the Iraq War a little too loudly. So don't make any mistake that MSNBC has anything to do with liberalism or progressive politics. It's a huge corporation uh, who has very much interest in the status quo, has figured out a way to squeeze a few nickels out of liberals. And so that's all that is. So don't make any mistake about it. Chris Matthews is not a liberal or a progressive. Chris Hayes is also a company man till the day he dies. He's the Jay Leno of MSNBC. It is unbelievable. So that's what I try to make fun of it. And uh, it's that, you know, there's such a liberal that the people are like, oh, MSNBC, they're just like Fox, right? Yeah, and MSNBC likes to kick off their liberal programming day with Morning Joe, you know, four hours of right-wing talking points brought to you by billionaires, Wall Street bankers, the plagi- and odd plagiarists, and Washington insiders. Oh, yeah, it's a real liberal four hours a day now. That's 20 hours a week of right-wing talking points on Morning Joe and MSNBC. Still pretends their lips are leaning forward. Yeah, okay, so that's why I try to remind people that MSNBC is nothing. It's not because it's, if if Rachel Maddow actually said something that was anti-corporate enough to cause, to make them lose money, they would fire her, just like they fired Phil Donahue and just like they fired Ed Schultz. So don't don't go and and Jen Huger, they kick to the weekend. So don't don't uh, don't make any mistakes. So that's why I like to. Thanks for bringing that up. I point that out on my show all the time, and it's easy, by the way. It doesn't take much to point out how how right-wing MSNBC is, how pro-corporate, pro-status quo, and how the opposite of liberalism they are. Yeah, and I mean, you definitely speak truth to power, and that's one of the reasons that I like your comedy and respect you so much. And one of the best things about your comedy is when you talk about your family, you talk about your older brothers who are very much you know, conservative, and they say this batshit crazy stuff to you. And I've got Jay on the line. Me and Jay grew up in a punk rock culture. You know, I've kind of got my social consciousness encoded on me, on my DNA from punk rock. Where do you get your social consciousness in? Like, where do you get that from if you're growing up in an Irish Catholic conservative family? How did you break that mold? Um, yeah, yeah. you know, like I tell people, my parents were really Catholic. Like, they almost molested somebody. And um, Right. Yeah, they're hardcore. I go to church, but I don't molest. I'm a lazy Catholic. You know that about me. No, I, I don't know where I got it from. Uh, it's just, a, it, it, I guess that's why I'm a comedian, I guess, because I have a good BS detector, detector you know, and I think that's what you need if you're going to do the kind of comedy I do. You have to have a good bullshit detector. And I think that just kind of lends itself. And, you know, it's like Stephen Colbert famously said, or... Uh, at the White House Correspondence Center, it's a well-known fact that reality has a liberal bias. So uh, the more, the better nice. bullshit detector you have, I think the more likely you are to be a progressive or a liberal, just like it is the more education you have, the more likely it is that you are uh, become a progressive or a liberal. So we, have, we know this for a fact that the less educated you are, more likely you are to be a conservative. 
Yeah, but you made a great point, and you always make great points about the media, how these guys figured out a long time ago they'll just buy the media. And the reason you see these ridiculous like Boeing commercials when nobody who's watching is obviously going to buy a Boeing jet right. is they're, they're, they're just there to make sure you're not speaking out against their interests. So what does liberal and conservative even mean anymore when the whole system is so broken and corrupt? Well, that's the that's the hilarity is that you know all the Republican candidates were whining about the liberal media. CNBC is now, which is again owned by Comcast, is somehow liberal, and all those guys who carry water for Wall Street are somehow liberal. It's just that so uh, it, it, the, the the media is corporate, and I make that point in my book, which is called Your Country's Just Not That Into You. And I also make that point in my new special that the media is, is, is 100% corporate. You know, the thing about Brian Williams wasn't that he puffed up his war record. The problem with Brian Williams is that all through the Iraq war, he worked for General Electric, which at the time, uh, General Electric's huge defense contractor, right? Defense contract, deep General Electric owned NBC. And my question to Brian Williams is, hey, how many checks do you take from a defense contractor in the middle of an illegal war before you stop calling yourself a journalist? And the answer was endless, right? So we know the corruption even goes deeper than that. So it's always a canard. So, of course, they have to say that the media is liberal because any time a little bit of truth comes out, they need to be able to discredit it. They go, oh, you can't believe them. They're liberal. Yeah, but they said 2 plus 2 equals 4. Ah, you can't believe that. That's that liberal math. So that, that's, what wow. that, that's the whole game. And it's work. It's called propaganda, right? So if you make them distrust news, which they have, so now they live in a bubble, and you see the result of the bubble is the Republicans aren't able to win a, a, pres, a national election. And they're only able to win the Congress by jerry-rigging, jerry right, and gerrymandering uh, the states. That's the only way they're able to hang out to power. So that comes from being inside this right-wing bubble. It's the foxification of it. It's the anti-intellectualism of the party. And now you see guys like Jeb Bush and, and, and Kasich from Ohio screaming about it. what happened to our party. John Kasich, I had yeah. him on my show last week, screaming, what happened to the conservative movement? What happened to the party? Hey, well, what happened to it was you guys cheerleaded it when it was Rush Limbaugh on Fox News and the cheerleading anti-intellectualism and the discreditation of actual facts and science, right? So you can't trust it. So only people you can trust are in your own bubble. And that's why Mitt Romney really did believe those polls that he was going to win by a landslide. He really did think he was, he was really shocked. So that's what, and that's, so this is the result of it. So they're a party on their way out and no matter who the Democrats put up, they're going to win. And, uh, so it, it's a weird thing that, uh, um, but we still need to get money out of politics because if it's Hillary Clinton, the game doesn't change at all. The game stays. Agreed. The you know what Couldn't funny? agree more. People say about Bernie Sanders when he says everybody should go to college for free, they go, how are you going to pay for that? You know how much that costs? It would cost $60 billion a year to send everybody to college for free. $60 billion, you know, that's a lot of money. Who's going to pay for that? Well, let me tell you something. They just agreed to a two-year budget deal in secret, right? John Boehner on his way out signing a two-year budget deal with Barack Obama. And in that two-year budget deal, they have $30 billion extra just for bombing for next year in the Middle East. That's on top of what we're spending on, on the Pentagon. So we're spending our regular Pentagon budget, and then on the supplemental budget, it's an extra $30 billion just for bombing in the Middle East. Nobody ever said, how are you going to pay for that? Nobody ever said, where are you going to get that money from? Nobody ever, ever asked that question. You know why? Because we got the money. 
We got more money than we know what to do with. We're the richest country the face of the earth has ever seen. We have an economy twice the size of China still. Corporations are sitting on $7 trillion right now in profits. At Wall Street is at record highs. Corporate profits are up, and we have the biggest income disparity since the Gilded Age. And, and so don't believe people when they say we don't have the money. We got the money, and when they, they never ask where we're going to get the money for bank bailouts, prison construction, or trillion-dollar wars. They only ask you where we're going to get the money when it's going to actually help people, like build a hospital or give health care or education or go college tuition to people or build a road. That's the only time they ask, where are you going to get the money for this? We got the money. We're flush with cash. We've got more money than we know what to do with. That's why we're dumping $30 billion more a year just in bombs over in the Middle East. Well, I mean, the media sets the narrative. And let me tell you a real quick story because this actually made me think of you the other day. There's a girl on my Facebook page that I went to school with, not somebody I'd really talked to, but I went to school with her. And at least every day she puts up these right-wing memes. She doesn't really have any opinions of her own. She'll put a meme up and she'll just put agreed or look at this. And she put something up the other day that just fucking floored me. And it said, I got an auto call from somebody like from somebody asking for me to uh, um, donate to him called Ben Carson. Who's Ben Carson? And somebody chimed <laughs> in and they're like, um, he's the top runner right now for the Republican nomination. And she was like, well, show you to what I know. I don't pay attention to the news. She gets all her ideology from fucking Facebook memes. That's got to be more dangerous than even being a Fox News zombie, right? Well, of, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, that they, they, the status quo requires uninformed voters, right? It's as soon as they got informed, you know, it's uh, that Bernie Sanders said the other night. He's like, I want to ask these working white class people why they continue to vote against their own interests. Yeah, and it's because they're you know because it's they're easily manipulated, right? They're with fear, fear of the other and the distraction, right? Oh, Obamacare is going to take your job away. Really, it's not the corporation sending it to a slave in a country with workers even more desperate than the ones here in America. Yeah, yeah, that's what. The, so it, 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 and again, we don't have the watchdog anymore. We used to have. It used to be in 1980, all the youth media companies were owned, 50 companies owned all the media in America. Now it's six. Six people, six companies control all the media, meaning meaning every radio station, every newspaper printed, every cable provider, every way you get the Internet, everything comes through six different companies. That's it. So that's not – we don't, really don't have – a free, they always like to talk about the free market. When, remember, when everyone, and whenever somebody says a free market, they mean a, a market rigged in favor of the moneyed elite because that's what yes. free markets mean. There's no such thing as a free – free markets don't exist in nature. We invent markets, and markets are supposed to be here to serve people, but they don't serve people anymore. They only serve corporations. So people need to keep that in mind. When people say free market, they mean a rigged market in favor of the moneyed elite. Well, let me go back because we got five minutes left. I really want to go back to your special on Hulu, Sentence to Live. And I want to ask you this. When you look at people doing comedy today, and there's definitely some resounding voices out there, Bill Maher and um, Louis Black, and some people out there talking about what's really going on, do you feel like comedians have a responsibility to kind of shake people and wake them up? Or should they just be like, hey, I just want to come out here and tell dick jokes because that's my shtick? I think it takes all different kinds. I, I would, I think it would, 
I'm glad that there's not everybody out there doing what I'm doing, and that. Um, so I mean, I, 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 my, some of my favorite comedians are people. Jerry Seinfeld, right? He doesn't really talk about anything except inconsequential things in your life. I enjoy that very much. So I, I like all different kinds of comedy. Um, but I really, you know, it, it does get surprising to me. I'll go to, you know, I'll be at many comedy shows, and I'm like, really, I'm the only one. We're in this, we're still in the middle of two wars, and I'm the only one talking about it. I'm the only one mentioning how screwed over we're getting. Like nobody, it's it, is everything. You still making fun of homeless people? Really? That's really what's happening in town. So yeah, it is kind of it. It does get a little disappointing that you can take these comedians, some a lot of comedians today, and you would never know what the fuck is happening in the world they live in. And you would think the most important things, uh, you know, were what what a hipster did in Silver Lake. So uh-huh. it, 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 it's kind of fun. Yeah, so in, in that, but in, in so it's a double-edged sword. It's like I make fun of the mainstream corporate media, uh, but at the same time, that's why I have a, a successful show, because people need an alternative. And if that if they were better, people really wouldn't need me, but they are not. And so that's why people need me. And so that's, um, again, it's a double-edged sword. So I see it, the glasses. Is half full with me. <laughs> yeah, but do you think these comedians are just uninformed and totally tuned out, or do you think they're aware yeah. of what's going on and they're like, I just don't want to touch this because I don't want to fuck my career up? Uh, I think it's ninety percent of what of the they don't want to touch it because it's uh, it, it's radioactive, you know, and it's controversial. And uh, I mean, if you do it right, it's controversial. And, uh, I mean, just telling the truth, you know, in time, what, what is that quote that Ron Paul likes to repeat? It's, uh, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a, a treasonous act or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you do it right, it's controversial. But, uh, yeah, so that's definitely it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, def- it's the path less chosen, and there is for a reason. You know, it's it's not as lucrative, right? It, you're talking about people uh, – uh, People who own comedy clubs get worried that you're going to turn people off and things like that until you're really successful at it. Then they're like, oh, I would love Lewis Black. I would love Bill Maher. George Carlin, sure, please, come to my comedy club. You know, then then they want, oh, God damn it, they want you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's really the brave thing to do. We had Jay Johnson, who was on Soap, the Fertiloquist on not long ago, and he has a political blog right on his comedy website. And I was amazed. I was like, wow, man, that takes a lot of guts because here you are doing just straight comedy as a ventriloquist, and then you've got this political edge. And I think a lot of people are afraid of just being freezed out for exactly what you said. So I definitely tip my hat to you that you are fighting for the powerless and fighting against the powerful. And I don't know why more people who have a microphone in front of them aren't out there doing that. Well, somebody smarter than me once, you know, because a lot of people say, well, I, I don't like that my act's not political, or I don't care about Somebody said, uh, again, like I said, smarter than me, I don't know who it is, that all art is political. And you say, no, but I'm not making a political statement with my Even though that, well, you are making a statement because you're given the opportunity to say something about the status quo and you choose not to, which means you tacitly approve of it. Ah. So that is political. That's a political statement. Right. Yeah, like the Rush so, song. Even if you if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice, right? You still have made a choice, right? So all and I I tend to agree with that. So if you are an artist and you decide to create something and it doesn't reflect 
uh, you know, whatever you want, uh, you know, something in the culture, then you're kind of, uh, or something wrong in the culture or an injustice or whatever you see, or so, then you're kind of passively saying, I mean, if you were making movies during the, the Nazi Germany, and can you say that your movie could be non-political no matter what it was? Could you make a? Could you possibly make a non-political movie in Nazi Germany? I don't think you could. Everything in it would be dripping with a comment about the society, right? How could it not? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've got to agree with you on that one. We've got like one minute left, Jimmy. We love having. I mean, you that's on. like saying that's like saying Anne Frank's diary was just about a kid hiding out. And her added, uh, you know. No, it was that. How could you write that book about without it being political? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a context there. And, I mean, yeah. I guess you really do have a point. It is all political. Once again, I listen to your podcast every week. I watch your stand-up. I watch Citizen Jimmy. I feel like that had a little bit more of a political edge than the new um, special that came out. And, and watching it, I was like, wow, Jimmy is so fucking passionate about what's going on in this country politically, about waking people up. I'm surprised that he could even restrain himself because this show is not, the Kettle of Fish show is supposed to be our non-political show, and I can't help but talk in politics with you. So I don't know how you get on stage and do it and not talk politics the whole time. You have a forum to do it at. Yeah. Well, so, anyway, yeah. I appreciate Listen. all the kind words about the special. That's really nice. I'm glad. Thanks for watching. Yeah, tell everybody. Hey, yeah, it's hilarious. We've got to head out, Jimmy. Let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find a special, and what you're working on. You can go over to JimmyDoreComedy.com. you find my weekly podcast, which is very popular. I do with Frank Thomas from Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's the one you're referring to. Also, yep. we're ramping up. We're going to start a, a daily YouTube show, which will be starting. We're going to start our Indiegogo campaign for that very soon. So it's the Jimmy Dore show is going to be coming daily to YouTube. Uh, we've got, you know, we used to do a weekly show on YouTube, but now we want to wrap it up. So that's the new thing that's happening. My new special, Sentence to Live, is on Hulu. My book, Your Country, is just not that into you. Everything's available over at JimmyDoreComedy.com. You spell Dore, D-O-R-E. Nice. All right, Jimmy, keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate everything you do. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. All right, Jimmy. Bye. All righty, Dee. Um, I guess that we're on our way out. Yeah. Who do we got coming on Kettle of Fish next week? Uh, next week on Kettle of Fish, we will have Alex White of White Mystery. And, uh, yeah, it, it should be a good week. It'll be a good weekend. We'll have uh, Rooftop Revolutionaries on all weekend. And, yeah, it's going to be cool. Very cool. All righty. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We had a great time with Jimmy Dore, and we will see you next week on The Ignorance Equation. Make sure you check out our Wednesday show, Musical Osmosis. We'll be talking about Wilmer Park. Bye, guys. I'm talking too fast. Wilmer's Park. Bye, guys. All right, guys. See you later. (laughs) 